Welcome to The Clickdown. I'm Anna Ruiz. And I'm Dan Feller, and today I hope you have your popcorn, Cracker Jacks, and hot dogs ready because we're going to hit this one out of the park for a Grand Slam session where we take you through nine innings with one of Citrix's innovation partners, Major League Baseball. So Anna, my first question is, do you think I got enough Major League Baseball cliches in that opening? I think you did. You just had to start singing, <laughs> take me out to the ball game, and that would have been <laughs> perfect. Yeah, we won't be doing that. <laughs> um, so this year, Major League Baseball became an innovation partner after being a Citrix customer for a couple of years. And so today we're excited to have them on as a guest to better understand, you know, how their IT is structured, what happens behind the scenes from, you know, at a ball game and exactly what problems they are solving with Citrix. So Major League Baseball, if you're not aware, it's it's two different leagues with 30 major league teams across those two leagues. And that's just the major leagues. Now, if you're talking about the minor leagues, there's 120 minor league teams. So they utilize Citrix virtual apps and desktops along with Citrix app delivery controllers to provide you know end users with applications from pretty much anywhere. You know, if you're familiar with Citrix, you're familiar with the with how this technology works. But we want to go a little bit deeper. Yeah, for sure. So today as our guest, we have Neil Bolin. He is a chief information security officer for MLB and he is joining us on the clickdown. So welcome, Neil. Thank you for joining us today. Hey guys, I'm happy to be here. As long as you don't make me uh, sing anything, I think uh, I'll be able to answer all your questions. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make any promises, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, so before we get into the discussion, you know, we would love to learn a little bit more about you, um, how you started at MLB, how long you've been with MLB, and just some of your responsibilities as CISO for Major League Baseball. So I've been with baseball for a little bit over 11 years now, and the focus is um, primarily on cybersecurity and information security, although more recently I've taken responsibility for technology services, which comprises end-user technology as well as our event technology capabilities. And that presents, I think, a really good opportunity to pull together you know, the elements of uh, cyber and infosec that we care about as well as the user experience, which we care a lot about. Um, and I think they're very, very related. And that program, um, the Cyber and InfoSec program, does cover the entire league. So the league had decided that collectively we were going to uh, tackle cyber and information security because it's a complex area and typically a, a you know an expensive investment, um, both in terms of um, software, hardware, um, services, and, and, and last but not least, resources, which are expensive and hard to come by. So I, I think most of us are familiar with, you know, baseball and a particular team, but we never really understand and see the behind the scenes, especially from the IT perspective of how this all works. So does each team run their own IT infrastructure, or is this all or each team's just basically considered different departments within MLB? It's a mix. Um, you know, the teams are individual businesses, but part of an association. And then our office, you think of us as um, kind of like the governing body, but also like a shared service organization for the clubs. So those are our owners collectively, the clubs, and they are our key stakeholders. Um, 
I guess the simplest way to look at it is when it comes to things that have a competitive advantage element, the clubs operate fairly independently. And when it comes to the things that are, you know, collectively of interest or common, the league tends to provide those and, you know, and leverage efficiencies and consistency in terms of the deliverables and such. And I think things work out pretty well that way. So for me, in the cyber and infosec role, um, we have a common platform across the clubs because you know we want everybody to be on a, a strong security footing and have a, a high security posture, and we want consistency across all that. But you know we built that program knowing that there's going to be variability on the technology side in terms of what the clubs invest in, particularly when it comes to local experiences or you know, competitive elements. Yeah. And I can imagine that, you know, some of these shared services and shared infrastructure, you know, you need to keep privacy in mind because even though you are one, you know, the major league baseball in in a way, they're also competitors, right? So there's some information that one team, you know, wants to keep confidential from the other. So what are you guys doing from a security perspective to ensure that there's no information leakage between the teams? So that's a great question. And, you know, each club is um, looking at this locally. And so they've built out their technology stack and their services and their capabilities to serve the the club itself in the market. Um, And we're layering on these, you know, great services at the league level. And it's all built with that type of segmentation in mind. And there's a, a, a significant amount of like process and capability and oversight to just make sure that all of that information is protected along those lines. Now, I got to believe that there's a lot of uh, focus on security, especially, you know, when when these clubs are are traveling, you know, during during the regular season. I mean, they're all over the place. You know, you're in you know, airports, you're at different clubs, you're in public venues. So how how are you looking at security from that perspective of all these untrusted and, and you know remote locations? Yeah, so a couple of things on that. One is um, you know we have standards that the clubs are adhering to um, that are collectively good standards um, from a security and a privacy standpoint. So we look to be on an even footing across the league. So when you go into um, a visiting ballpark, um, you can feel pretty comfortable that that club is set up not only a secure um, network and infrastructure for themselves, but for you as, you know, the guest, um, as a business partner, as, you know, somebody being in the family of, of baseball. But that said, more broadly, hey, when you're on the road and you're staying in hotels or you're traveling around and you end up on some um, foreign networks on your way to your destination. Um, you know, we've adopted a zero trust philosophy, and uh, at at the league level, I think we've made really great strides um, in that direction. We started it a few years back. Um, it was more of a buzzword when we started it, and I think you know we've really embraced a practical path to get there um, that's effective. And, uh, and then the clubs are um, either there or working on their way to fully get there. And, you know, for those that are, are unfamiliar with that, it's just not trusting the infrastructure between 
the two endpoints. So it's like, hey, I have my computer and I have to get to that service and I'm not going to trust anything between the computer and the service. So I'm going to lock everything down um, so I don't have to pay attention to the underlying infrastructure to get there. And the end game there is that, you know, people can operate with, you know, a greater sense and, and uh, actual practical level of security. Um, and our investments as an organization are streamlined because we're not thinking like, oh, I have to provide this like separate employee network and shore it up and, you know, pay more money um, to build it out um, versus, you know, a more flat um, internet only network that you might provide for employees. So it's, it's kind of like building your Starbucks on-prem rather than um, having to, you know, make these these different investments. So we treat um, the uh, employee network as one big you know, Starbucks network. It's like assume like we're going to keep it internet and you know why would we incrementally invest further um, when they're just going to leave the building you know at the end of the day and be on these other networks you know, that are at a lower security posture potentially. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we're seeing that with a lot of customers, but it makes sense for an organization like yourself where you're constantly traveling, you're constantly on the road, and that's not going to change, right? Like that's kind of the nature of the game. Um, so it, it's awesome to hear that. Um, shifting gears a little bit, um, during a game, like how critical is is fast access to data for the teams? Is that like a critical um, thing that you guys are focused on or? Yeah, I mean, within reason, um, there are certain policies around the use of electronics, you know, during games, and uh, the teams here have done a great job of working within those guidelines to give um, players and coaches access to information in a reliable and consistent manner. And one of the ones that you might notice if you're you know, watching the dugout during a broadcast, you'll see players holding iPads and um, and uh, leveraging that technology, which is great. It's a familiar technology to them, and um, you know we're getting the relevant information onto those devices, so it's you know it's helpful and um, useful, and uh, we're continuing to look at that as to how we can evolve it you know, further and further while still being in you know, compliance with the league's you know, competitive guidelines and policies. Yeah, I was kind of wondering because it's like, you know, let's say the Minnesota Twins end up going to Yankee Stadium to play. And it's like, are they going to believe that the Yankees are giving them, you know, the full network access they need? Or are they going to start slowing things down to help it make so that the Yankees win? <laughs> Well, the good news there is more from like a quality of service perspective and, and to some a lesser extent from a compliance perspective, we're heavily involved at the league level with all that. So we keep everybody on a, you know, consistent um, basis, if you will. No, that, that's great to hear. So now, um, Neil, could you tell us a little bit more about what you guys are utilizing Citrix for? Like what problems are we solving for, for you guys? Yeah, so I think, you know, Citrix has been around for quite some time and is well known um, for a lot of its core services. Um, so on the one hand, you know, we make use of um, the Citrix platform for um, fundamental elements like load balancing and other, you know, key infrastructure needs. And they're great, they're reliable, um, and so that, you know, is is 
you know, everything you could ask for from that perspective. Um, beyond that, um, we're starting to make more use of Citrix for um, virtualization, which became really, really important during the pandemic. And all of a sudden you have folks shifting to, you know, work remote models or not being able to get into the office or even trying to limit the number of people that have to be in the ballpark or, you know, have to be in the same space at the same time. And, um, and then just adapting to changing circumstances. You, know, you thought you had the pandemic figured out in the beginning and what it really meant. And that changed, you know, multiple times during the year as regulations changed, as circumstances changed. And so, you know, we needed to be really adaptable in that regard. So um, on the, you know, workspace side with Citrix as it relates to virtualization, I think that's just so key because it makes us, um, you know, much more adaptable and faster moving than we would have been ordinarily in those areas. So we can take um, somebody that has to shift roles and get them on um, the right uh, platform with the right services very quickly. And um, we even had, it was pretty interesting, some partners come to us during the pandemic and say like, hey, I can't um, continue to comply um, given the state of like our company and um, the environment with your policies on access on security and they get a gold star for you know being transparent and upfront about that and uh, that's just because the cost of doing business was going up while revenue was going down or there were other issues that were impacting them and virtualization is great for that it's like hey don't worry about it like ride our um, virtualized infrastructure we'll take care of that we'll cover it and uh, just do your job there and don't worry about the little things um, where the foundational elements, we got you. So, you know, those are really cool capabilities. And as, you know, we expect that um, you know, business will continue to be different post-pandemic um, with virtualization being a critical capability. We're excited about continuing to leverage that um, capability and that platform in smarter ways going forward. And it becomes interesting, too, when, you know, because you were mentioning zero trust before. Um, it's kind of one of the policies you guys are following from the security model is that with the constant travel of the, of the clubs and, you know, the technology they're bringing with them, the laptops and the tablets and everything, those are very tantalizing things to be stolen. Um, you know, you just leave it on a chair somewhere and it's like, hey, look, instead of getting a baseball, you know, at a game, I got a new tablet. And with the zero trust model, I'm assuming that that's helping you secure those devices because, and with the virtualization and everything, it's like, there's nothing on those devices. It's just a piece of technology that's connecting you to the information you need. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a such a great point. And um, it's funny, like as a quick aside, um, we have this uh, RFID-based ASIC tag program where you're putting them on all of these devices as you give them out. And when that function started reporting up to me, I looked at those and I was like, hey, we have to get rid of those. And they're like, what, the asset tags? I'm like, yeah, they say Major League Baseball on them. They take like a, a, a tablet or a laptop that you find on a plane that you might've like sold for parts. And now like you're giving it to a different audience who's gonna hack it and try and get into it. It's just a greater reward, right? And um, so we're making that change now, but um, yeah, we worry about those things and, um, you always have something like that happening 
and even just the maintenance side of things, you know, equipment fails. And if you've got something pretty critical to do and your work laptop fails, um, imagine just being able to pivot over to uh, a spouse or a home spouse's computer or a home computer and jump on and have like the same capability at the same or if not better performance levels and such. So um, it is really game changing for us. And, and as we get ready for our next big event, which is going to be the, the all-star game, um, we're really lightening the load in terms of what, what we're going to be bringing to that event. Um, because we're going to be able to provide um, these capabilities uh, on-site with local um, hardware that we'll pick up and let people just sit down in front of that and you know, have virtual access to what they need to do while they're there. So it, it just makes life easier for everybody. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think we, we see that, and the pandemic just made it more clear that end users need to be agile, they need to be flexible, and at the same time, you need to obviously have security as top of mind because the attacks, you know, Dan and I talk about it all the time on these episodes. They just get more and more complex and more sophisticated. And so, you know, we always have to be thinking of what's next and what else can we do to secure the environment without hindering the end user experience. So, Yeah, Daniel had made a, a good point before about um, privacy, right? So when you think about um, people doing work from home on home computers sometimes um, if you're using a virtualized environment and you're going there for your your work elements your baseball elements that's completely separate than the rest of your home computer um, and it helps us really segment that activity and further um, to really be at that high security posture that we want to be we um, have a number of capabilities that we would keep on a local device. And if somebody's pivoting to a home computer or what have you, we lose like some of that visibility and some of that capability. So to have that virtualized environment that's properly instrumented the way that we want to secure it is is a great advantage. And, and Anna, I think since uh, Neil said I had a good point earlier, I think that's a good note to wrap up on. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, Neil, we want to thank you uh, for your insight, you know, get a little bit of the behind the scenes of what happens at the ball game and what you guys are, are utilizing Citrix for. And it's great having um, you guys as an innovation partner. So thank you so much for joining us today on the Clicktown. Great. Thank you for having me. Take care, guys. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.